Hi, Nina Marie here. So today you're going to hear about who I am and how that relates to how me being strategically positioned to come alongside you in motherhood is going to help you to become the mother you've dreamed you would always be. And you'll be able to get an idea of what to expect from this podcast. How often will an episode become live? What kinds of content can you expect to make your day-to-day life with children possible with delicious, nutritious food and spiritual disciplines to bring about the character of Christ in your life? outside of Sundays. Welcome to Milk and Meat, a podcast about the Bible, food, and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to gain added skills and tools that you need in order to take control of your health, the health of your family, to eat delicious food that nourishes you, and that you may be conformed to the image of Christ. Let's dig in. Good morning, or good evening, because who knows when you're listening to today's Milk and Meat episode. It's Christmas Eve and I'm excited to be home with my family. We are starting some of our own family traditions, just our little nuclear family, and it's fun to start to build some rhythms of life that we can depend on. I am, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious, what kind of traditions do you have in your family? Uh, if you are willing, do me a favor and DM me on Instagram. You can find me at Mama Wheel, or you can find the pos- bo- podcast handle at the Milk and Meat Podcast. Um, send me a DM or send me an email at ninamarie@mamawheel.org. I want to hear from you. What kinds of traditions do you have during Christmas time? I might snag one from you, maybe two. Um, one such tradition that we're starting this year is something that I snagged from a friend. Um, it is going to be us driving around for uh, looking at different neighborhoods of Christmas lights, like decorations and whatnot. And this year I wanted to start, I've been wanting to do this for a few years, but the kids have been so little that it wasn't really uh, conducive to our family. Um, So we're just going to drive through known well-decorated neighborhoods and we're going to judge each house in order to pick out our favorite. So I'm making some hot chocolate for everyone on the drive. If you want that recipe, I can link that in the show notes for you. And I'm also going to be making homemade popcorn as a snack for the drive. And then once we figure out which one is our favorite, we're going to gift that house with a bar of chocolate. We love Hue chocolate. You can find that at Whole Foods. And a card just telling them what our tradition is and how they won best decorated home for this year. Um, So this, again, was shared with me by a friend a few years ago, and I've been really wanting to do it. Um, It seems like so much fun and just a great way to end the evening on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Um, So go ahead, share with me what your favorite tradition is, whether it's something you did as a kid or something you're doing with your kids now. I would really, really love to hear it. Um, So what do traditions have to do with today's episode? Um, Nothing. This is just my vague attempt at a transition from what I was just talking about to what the podcast episode is about. Um, But I wanted to share with you more about who I am and what you can expect from this podcast and what that means for you as the listener as well. So who is Nina Marie? I am the persona behind Mama Wheel on Instagram. 
uh, that is literally my namesake as my last name, Rueda, translates to wheel in English. So my name is Nina Marie Wheel, if you were reading it in English. But how did I become who I am today? How did this little Puerto Rican girl who loved reading in Snickers bars become a functional nutrition advocate or Bible reading advocate, right? There is a long, long story behind my road to who I am, but I'm going to give you some cliff notes. So as a little girl, I never cared about nutrition or food. As a matter of fact, for some time, I was nicknamed by friends the garbage disposal because I often just finished everyone else's food. Like, I just didn't care. I, I ate and I enjoyed eating. And to this day, I enjoy eating. Um, but in fact, I hated cooking or being in the kitchen and I would avoid it at all costs. I distinctly remember my little sister, Gina, uh, would watch cooking shows for hours every day or many, many days. And I always wondered why anyone would do that. But I also distinctly remember being 19 and in my first apartment on my own and completely unable to make a meal that wasn't just boiling pasta and pouring sauce over it. Or there was a time that I called my younger sister. So she had to be like 16 at the time um, so that she could walk me through how to make white rice because I burned my rice a bunch of times. I also burned my pasta a bunch of times. Um, but that was the beginning of me learning to cook. And I Googled tons of recipes. Allrecipes.com was my favorite place to go. And I would follow them to a T. But prior to being on my own, this is where there's a little more baggage in my uh, background here. I dated someone who had opinions on what I ate and what I looked like. And that was the first time that I actually became interested. I don't think interested is the right word that I paid attention to what I was eating. And I would ask myself questions like, am I eating too much? Um, am I eating food that is just going to lead me to not be a very thin person? Maybe I need to give up foods that I loved. And looking back now, I know that I should have given up the foods that weren't serving me. But at that time, it was not for the right reasons. And then I often wondered if there was something I needed to do in order to fulfill some body type I didn't know that I needed. And so let's just say that that relationship eventually ended, but unfortunately my struggle with food and body image continued. And if I'm, if I'm frank, it still is a mental battleground for me as an adult woman. Um, it took some time to heal from that relationship, but I'm still healing from that disordered way of viewing my food or viewing my body. Um, but it's not who I am and I don't let those things define me. I know that I am defined by what Christ says in his word and my relationship to him. And so I've allowed that to be the forefront of my thinking in all of this. Uh, but when I was out on my own, I was also in Bible college and dating my now husband. And I plan to have the love of my life, Bryant, on here from time to time, by the way. I, I want you to be able to enjoy his humor and the wealth of knowledge that he has because I really do think it's a blessing to anyone who gets to know him. Um, and so just know that he'll be on here for more than one episode in the future. 
But anyway, so I went to Moody Bible Institute here in Chicago and I began on campus as a freshman in the women's ministry major department. Um, but after my freshman year, due to extenuating circumstances, I couldn't return to campus. And so in order to be enrolled on campus, you have to live on campus um, if you aren't a senior. So I ended up transferring to their online program and completed my degree online. So I graduated with a bachelor's of science in biblical studies. So there was a ton of research. Um, I graduated right before becoming pregnant with Jude, my firstborn. Bright and I had gotten married when I was like a sophomore or junior in college. I can't remember. I was 22 and he was 26. We were young and it was the best decision for us. Um, but also very quickly, my husband and I, this is funny when I look back and think about this, I, I'm telling you, like I didn't have any knowledge and didn't do any research when it came to like eating and diets and what was good for you. So we were trying to find our honeymoon and we found a Groupon for this vegan yoga retreat in Costa Rica. It was beautiful. Okay. It was absolutely gorgeous. And they gave you pictures of their menus and they looked delicious and, and the food was delicious. And so we went on this vegan yoga retreat for our honeymoon. When we came back, we decided to be vegans and we followed the like Daniel fast, um, cookbooks and diets and whatnot for a few months, but that didn't last. Thank God, because it's not sustainable for you. Um, anyway, so after graduation, I had dreams of going on to graduate school in order to earn a degree so that I could teach theology in the secular college setting. Um, but becoming a mom changed those plans, and it was the best change of plans that could come. And I truly believe that. Um, but it was also the hardest change in plans for me. It Most rewarding, absolutely, but so difficult. There were some times in those early days as a mom where I kept thinking to myself, what is the point of a woman going to college if she's just going to stay home with kids and never use that degree? And I met other moms who had had this similar struggles, but um Looking back, of course, now I can say that like the Lord knows what he's doing when he directs your path. And when you feel like all of it was in vain, his work is never, ever in vain. And I see that now as so many things are coming full circle in my life. Um, but becoming a mother, just like getting married, also positioned me for further sanctification in my growth as a Christian. And so there's nothing like... Being a mom or being married and allowing the Lord to sharpen you and allowing the Lord to mold you into the image of Christ and like conform you to his image. And so again, becoming a mom positioned me for further sanctification. And it is not something that I take lightly, nor would I trade. Um, so during my pregnancy with Jude, Bright and I took a childbirth education, education class that opened our eyes to the constant interventions in hospitals. And I learned about the many reasons to pay attention to your nutrition while being pregnant. And so this became the gateway to who I am today. So shout out to Miss Julie, if you know Julie. She's the one who taught my 
childbirth education class and she taught me over those 12 weeks and she continues to teach me even now. If you're looking for a childbirth education class, I cannot recommend her enough. She now has virtual options. So do yourself the favor and look up birthwithoutfear.com. This is not a paid ad. She doesn't know at all that I'm talking about her. I just love what she showed me and how much care she had. And um, and everyone that I've referred to her also does too. Uh, because of what I learned there, that that was the seed that was sown to who I have become. I've gone on to be trained as a lactation educator. So I'm a certified lactation educator. I'm a certified labor doula and I'm a certified postpartum doula. And these certifications are more than just training for me. I did those trainings because I truly believe that women have the inherent ability to bring forth and sustain life with their bodies. I believe that being a mother is a part of imaging God. Genesis 1 says male and female bear the image of God and being able to bear and sustain life truly is a part of that image. He is the one who brings forth and sustains it all together, but he has allowed us as women to partner with him in that work. And that doesn't mean that sin hasn't tainted this gift or that women who are unable to bear children are any less image bearers. So please hear my heart on that. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is that God created women to partner with him as Ezer Konegdo, as Genesis uh, 1 or 2 puts it. That's the Hebrew word that is often translated as helper. Um, We're not just helpers like in the sense of a maid, but life-saving counterparts. We come alongside those in our spheres of influence for actual life. If you're the one responsible for providing food, preparing food, you are literally making sure that your family survives. You are preparing food for them. It is a another way that you are imaging God. Your work in pregnancy, your work in labor and delivery, your work in breastfeeding, all of this is a way that you are able to partake in being an image bearer. Again, this is not to say that if you can't press breastfeed or that if you can't have children or if you choose not to do either, that you are any less an image bearer. Your image bearing is not dependent on your actions, but can be manifested in, in such. And so that's what I'm hitting on here. What you do does not dictate whether or not you are an image bearer. You are inherently an image bearer, but what that but your image bearing comes out in what you do. And and our work as mothers um, shows how much we are image bearers and how we get to partner with God in bringing forth life and sustaining it. And so since taking Julie's class, I've been pregnant four times. My third baby miscarried. And my husband and I call that baby Zoe because Zoe means life in Greek. I'm also internally convinced that that baby was a girl, though I have no evidence as such. And so currently our wheel family consists of Mama and Papa Wheel, which are Bryant and Nina Marie. And then we have Jude and Ezra, baby Zoe, who has gone to be with the Lord, and then Phoebe. After my pregnancy with Phoebe, I was at a very unhealthy weight and I was introduced to Whole30. Whole30 was yet another gateway into learning more about nutrition, but also as well as the system known as, quote unquote, big food. There are so, so many tricky things that the food industry does to um, impair your health without your knowing. 
that is both sickening and unbelievable. Like it, they hide ingredients under false or alternative names or labels. Sugar has over 50 names. Natural flavors can literally be anything and the company using that term on their ingredient label doesn't have to disclose what it is. And don't, please, please, don't be fooled by organic natural flavors. That means nothing. I do, I remember listening to a podcast on uh, Wise, Wise Traditions is the podcast, and it was a woman talking about different things that are written on ingredient labels. And the one example that comes to mind is rosemary extract. Rosemary extract is on a lot of quote unquote healthier options when it comes to like crackers or whatever. Um, but rosemary extract, it, it, what it communicates is like, oh, it sounds like it might be like an essential oil or something like that, but it's not. It's actually something that's made in a lab that may have had the basis of rosemary. Um, so just know, like, big food is not your friend. They're out to keep their bottom line, and it's a terrible thing. So as I went down the, like, food stuff hole, I began looking into various educational organizations I wanted to learn more in order to better serve my family. I came across really big organizations and schools, but as I looked into the curriculum, I just wasn't convinced that they were for me. It wasn't until someone shared a recipe blogger with me that I started to like pursue following her in social media, looking through her recipes, learning more about cooking. She was a, um, a like food truck chef for a while. Um, and one day on her Instagram, she mentioned in passing the course that she had enrolled in. And so I looked it up and this was the Nutritional Therapy Association. And I felt like I had finally found the holy grail that I had been seeking for for at least a year. So the NTA had more than just an understanding of various diets. It was the marrying of ancestral wisdom and scientific knowledge. It was a balance that this world needs where there isn't just one group of quote unquote experts telling you what you need to know about various kinds of experts informing, I mean, telling you what you need to know, but like various kinds of experts informing you or valid and validating one another. So no one can buy or lobby for ancestral wisdom. Um, this is something that is given and and passed down through the people and so after finding the nta and finally find feeling like i had gotten to um the found like my people i now had to convince my husband that paying out those big dollars was going to be worth it so it did take some time to convince him um he was down for it in theory but when you have to spend thousands of dollars it is wise to spend thousands of hours weighing the pros and cons. And so that's what we did. And eventually the pros outweighed the cons and I enrolled in the NTA and my family has been changed forever. And I know because of this, now yours will too, because I am taking my knowledge in functional nutrition and bringing it to you so that your family can be changed, so that your table can be the power that just sustains everyday life in your home. The power of real food is undeniable. The fact that your family predisposes you to certain illnesses doesn't mean that, that you're destined to such. You can transform your health. 
lifestyle changes are bigger factors than we let them on to be. Diet and movement are basic things that we can pay attention to that we have influence over and what you consume, hear this, literally becomes a part of you. When you're trying to conceive or already pregnant, what you consume literally becomes another human being's body. Every bite of food that we consume is part and parcel of the next generation of people we leave the world to, this world that God gave us to inherit. How we take care of the earth around us, what is in our water or in the air that we breathe or in our cosmetics and skincare regimens, all of this is going to affect your health. Your constipation, that could be related to how much water you're drinking. Your constant headaches could be a problem with your detoxification system, or it too could be dehydration, or there could be hormonal imbalances that you need to work through. Maybe you're bloated after eating a meal. That could be low stomach acid. Maybe you have diarrhea often. That could be dysbiosis in your gut. And I want to share with you what I know so that you can understand your body. The body was a gift given to you by God. He formed you. And caring for your body is one way of saying thank you to him. That will often mean, saying thank you and caring for your body will often mean making changes that are hard. And it's easy, it's so easy to just buy a food-like product that comes in a box or plastic wrap. They're easier to prepare. Those kinds of changes are going to prove more costly. Um, Buying food without added natural flavors, um, without added food coloring, costs more money, which makes no sense to me. Uh, Buying organic avocado oil instead of vegetable oil is more expensive, but these are decisions worth making. These are decisions that it is worth spending that money on. And you can make these changes while simultaneously eating delicious foods that your taste buds love. And I would wager that your taste buds would love more because you're going to be giving your body a variety of foods instead of the same thing all the time. And so you'll be able to hit different parts of the palate, that that sweet, that salty, that acidic, the heat or umami, all of that will help to just transform your health, but also make your your taste buds just go crazy. Apart from food and nutrition knowledge, I want to pair that with sharing what I know about scripture. I want to help you understand how to read the Bible um, and how to interpret it. I want you to know how to apply it to your life every day. Who cares about eating delicious foods or having a banquet prepared for your household if you're bitter inside? If you continuously find yourself flying off the handle and yelling louder than you ever thought at your toddler, who cares about having a healthy body if your soul is dead? Who cares about knowing what ingredients to use or which ones to avoid if you don't know Jesus or how to avoid disobedience to him? Who cares about gaining the whole kitchen and balancing your microbiome if you lose your soul? I don't. And this podcast is going to be a place where you are nourished, body and soul, because God has made us humans as bodies and souls. And nourishing ourselves in all that we are will bring wholeness in our lives. So what does that look like practically for this podcast? 
Because I'm a mother of small children and I want to be present with them, I plan to keep this podcast to seasons. So instead of pumping out a podcast episode every week all the time, I'm only going to do seasons of the episodes in groups of like maybe eight to ten and take off at least a month in between seasons from recording. This first season is just going to be me. There's going to be no outside guests. The topics are ones that I've been thinking about and mulling over for quite some time. And then the next season is when I'll start to bring in interviews with other people in the nutrition and or Bible fields, space, whatever you want to call it. And I already have some guests lined up and I'm really excited to be able to interview them. Um, You'll also always find some sort of like helpful, practical tip at the end of an episode that you can implement now. Uh, I haven't come up with like a name or fancy statement to call it so that you know what it is once it's coming, but know that it's going to be there. Milk and meat is going to be your go-to resource for understanding how food and the Bible relates to you being a mother. How both what you eat physically and spiritually affects the way you live your life the way you parent, the way you love others, and what you eat physically and spiritually affects what you have to offer others. I am all about service, but you can't serve from an empty cup. And there are many Christian mamas who have been pushing their cars for miles upon miles because they reached empty a long time ago and haven't taken the time to fill up their tank. You can't stay there. You do no one any favors and only make things far harder for yourself and your family when you do. So here's Mama Wheel's encouragement. Hey, maybe that's what I'm going to call it. Um, Choose to do the harder work because that is where the growth and healing comes. Choose to start your day with waking up earlier than your children from some time in prayer. Read a psalm, read a proverb, read something. And choose to eliminate processed foods. Choose to introduce something that isn't a chicken nugget at lunchtime. Choose to have the hard conversation with your family that you haven't done well for yourself and in turn for them when it comes to how you prepare meals, but you want to begin to honor God and honor them by making the right changes for you and them. Those changes will look different for every mother. And the time frame at which those changes are actually enacted, more different still. But sanctification is not overnight. And I know that by choosing to do what is right and honorable and kind, you will have all that you need to do so. With Christmas tomorrow, I hope that your days are filled with joy and laughter. But most importantly, with the good news that a Savior was born. May your day be filled with the hope of salvation to those who disobeyed and hate God. May tomorrow be a reminder, a needed reminder, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is still being proclaimed and that lives are still being transformed. The Trinity is still in the business of calling from darkness and death to light and life, those who are called according to his glorious grace. And the word became flesh and lived among us. He saw how unfit we were to obey his commands, how powerless we are to the bondage of sin. And he chose to come and endure what we endure to a greater degree of suffering in order that we might be called sons and daughters of light, co-heirs with him, rich with the blessings in the heavenly places. God bless you today and may 2020 bring you the merriest of Christmases.